Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, and look who I have here with me today. Dr. Conway Edwards. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here again. It's been a little while, but we are ready and we will be on our rhythm again. It was a little tough during that whole season, and I think we can see a little bit of daylight now. And we've been through some things, and we've learned some things. So today, as you're even listening to the podcast right now, if you want to go to visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable, you can grab the notes where you can follow along what we're going to be talking about today, which is the top 10 things we've learned, the top 10 things that have worked during this COVID season at our church. My, my, my. How many, how many, to get to this 10, how many others had to not work? Right, probably 50. We probably tried 50 different things, and these are the ones that we think uh, perhaps have been the most helpful for our people and the constituency and the members and or guests that we serve. Yeah, and I think a lot of what this has to do with is uh, trying to figure out how to, when everything's been taken away from us that we're used to, mm-hmm. how to still make personal connections, yeah. meaningful connections. And we're going to roll through this list and kind of just talk about what it's been like, how we came up with these ideas, and how you might want to implement some of these. Don't don't feel like you need to go work on all of these and copy what we're doing, but just figure out what will work for you yeah. and then just jump in. So the first one that we're going to talk about is, is a relatively new one we have called Pastor Chat. Yeah, so first of all, all of these things that we're telling you have come after a lot of trial and error, have come from uh, things we've learned from other churches, yes. have come from things we have brainstormed in our innovation sessions in terms of just how to be most effective when everything has been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the first one is uh, Pastor Chat. I think it's one of the greatest things we could have ever done. Uh, so Pastor Chat is a little deal where it's on our website and anybody at any time gets to just type a question in and you get somebody live that's ready to answer and it has worked wonders. So anytime doing services, you can just tell somebody, hey, you know, one of our pastors would love to talk to you online and you can jump on and ask anything. When people are uncertain about something, they can jump on, ask it, we can answer it and we can have real time, immediate feedback uh, and it's not intrusive, meaning you don't have to call somebody, you can just fire it away and they'll answer right back. Well, I think it's been great. I think it's been great for our teams. And, uh, we've had a different pastor man it every single day and it's been really, really helpful. Pastor Matt, your thoughts? That's right. And I don't know the specifics. I believe they call it a widget that you add to your webpage. Mm. And it's just something you add to your webpage and it pops up and um, we use one called Tidio, T-I-D-I-O. There's a ton out there, uh, and it's it's got an app on your phone. So the different pastors or leaders you have manning the chat have an app, and when somebody goes onto our webpage, clicks on, just like customer service uh, at any other webpage, clicks on Pastor Chat, they type in a question, and it notifies us on our phone, sends us a notification, and then we can chat live right there from our phone. And we've had questions from anywhere to when's the church open back up to um, how can I give to I need prayer to I need counseling, you name or some crazy ones. Yep. Well, we have had some crazy ones, too. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to detail. But remember, the whole listening. world can respond to you. Yes. So just expect the unexpected, and uh, you need to know how to manage that and how and to know when. Hey, you know what? Here's a number. Please call me. I think this is more than an email or more than a little response. <laughs> We've got to discuss some big massive theological topic and then we go into it so sometimes you just give them a number and you call and that will also weed some people out who don't want to talk uh but they just want to send off a message and uh, uh allow you to go for you know 30 minutes trying to answer them and then just respond i disagree uh, so what we do sometimes is we give them a phone number and you can call back and we can have a real-time conversation and what's really cool is they can't believe We've told our church that it's pastors on the chat. They can't believe because we have little avatars of our picture of ourselves. And That's right. they'll hop on there. They say, is this really Pastor so-and-so? Somebody, I was on there, I woke up, and somebody had got on there early. And is this really Pastor Matt? Yes, this is me. What's your question? How can I help you? And I can't really believe it's you. <laughs> Just, and, and really what that's saying is in, in a world today where we've gotten so digitized, people are not used to a personal connection, yeah. and let alone with leaders from their church. So you have the chance to really personally reach out and be there for your people. So. And there's also a principle that's undergirding this whole passage. Actually, the first two that we're going to talk about, there's a, there's a shift that we've made to be extraordinarily pastoral and to move away from the platform feel and to move toward pastoral feel, which means that what we're trying to pull off is we're trying to make sure people know that we care, that we're reachable, that you can call mm -hmm. us anytime, you can interact with us anytime, and we want to be present for people as they go through uncertainty. We want to provide clarity as they go through difficult times. We want to be there to comfort, to pray, and to do whatever kind of healing we can do to help them in this whole deal. But I think it's a, it's an, it's an extraordinarily advantageous uh, uh, and effective tool that we have used to really keep close contact with our people in our church. So I think that's a massive win. <laughs> Absolutely. I would jump into number two, and I would say number two is something that we said we're going to do this the first two weeks of COVID. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this because we sense the need for <laughs> prayer is going to last two weeks, and here we are six months later, and we're still doing it. And um, what we've done is we have a live morning prayer every morning, Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. 6.45 a.m., mm -hmm. and different pastors, worship leaders from our team are on there. So number two for us is a live morning prayer event. For us, the morning has been good. And, and I really think what, what you've got to focus on is – is not on overly producing it, but just getting a good product out there that people know is live and that they can connect with. Yeah, what you need for this one more than anything is, is consistency. If you're just there every morning, 6.45, and you're present for 30 minutes, and they know they can log on while they're getting ready for work, they can log on while they're getting the kids ready, there's a little bit of worship, there's a little bit of a talk, and then the rest of it's just prayer. It's been really effective. Again, it's driven by or a desire to shift from platform to pastoral and to make sure our people know we realize there's fear, we realize there's uncertainty, we realize there is chaos 
And we want to remind people that the God that they serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is not a surprise to him. And we want to be consistent with them. We've gone through the book of Proverbs twice. Each day, just taking chapter 1 and following the day of the month. And it's been remarkably... We've had the most engagement in our prayer times than anything else. Because people want to hear their prayer requests. They want you to pray for them. They want you to support them. And so it has been an incredible uh, blessing to us so that we can do it as well as to the people in our church who just enjoy the fact that they have this mm-hmm. consistent rhythm every single day in their lives. That's right. And there's something about it being live that as we're going through, we're reading off the requests that people are putting in the chat and we're praying for those in that moment. And can it be a little harder to be live? Yes. Yep. Can there be hiccups along the way? Yes. But like Pastor Conway said, as we're going through and people hear their requests being read, then more people start sending in requests. And then what's really cool is people are praying for each other in the chat during the event. It's so it's really, really cool. just been an engaging, yeah. Yeah. great thing. And next, and next one I want to talk about is in the same vein of this shift from pastoral, from a platform to pastoral, is this idea that every member, we sent a gift to every child and we send a gift to every member of our church. If you're a part of our church, uh, you got a gift that was mailed to your house. Mm-hmm. And I got this one from a dear friend of mine who uh, was talking to somebody from Chick-fil-A. And the argument there was, how do we, in a, in a world of screens, of views, how do you distinguish yourself and make sure they know that they're special, they're unique, mm-hmm. they're not just a number. And uh, what we've tried to do is just send a gift. And so we, we designed and came up with a gift that we thought was suitable for kids, one that we saw was suitable for adults. And all we've been doing for the last literally <laughs> uh, month or so is sending these gifts out. And everybody's getting it, and they're so surprised that their church loves them that much. But it's a personal touch. Each of the water balls we gave away had, their, had the kids' names on it, and it was customized to them so that they know that they're not just another person, but they're somebody that our church cares about deeply mm-hmm. and wanted to give them a very useful tool that they can use in their everyday life. And I'm telling you, family, it's been it's been overjoyed. Uh, Every person that has received it has been thrilled, mm-hmm. delighted, and cannot believe that their church cares about them that much. To give them a surprise gift, nobody was expecting it. We just thought we should bless them with it. And Pastor Matt, I think that's been one of the gold mines for us. It's been a home run just even to see my daughter get her water bottle that I knew was coming, but with her name on it. And it's not a cheap water bottle either. That's right. It's a nice, I'm talking the aluminum looking water bottle with their name, the logo, everything. It's been cool just to see kids light up and in a special note, uh, with their name on it inside, telling yeah. them how much we miss them. Absolutely. My name and how much we can't wait to see them again soon. That's been a winner, for real. The fourth one. Let's go to the fourth one. is care calls. Uh, we have sought, again, to make a call to every person in our database. And we've simply said to them, hey, we want to know how you're doing. We want to pray for you. We are want to here to support you. Is there anything we can do to alleviate the, the, the stress and the tensions mm-hmm. in your world? And we've done that twice over this time, as well as asking our community group leaders to do the same thing. But it's been 
It's been nothing short of remarkable every single mm -hmm. time we've done it because we're hearing from people, we're hearing them say, I can't believe you called me. We're hearing them share their requests. We're hearing them saying, man, you called at the perfect time. Thank you so much for caring about us and wanting to know how we're doing and what's going on in our worlds. That's been another home run, Pastor Matt. And the word has spread because some people, when we call, they say, well, I was waiting on my call. So-and-so got a call. I was waiting on mine. And the word has spread that we're calling, we're checking in, yeah. no agenda, but just to pray, see how you're doing. And that's something easy. It really is easy. It just takes time. It's simple. Just divide it up with your staff, your team, and just go through, have a oh, rhythm. Or your key volunteers. You don't have, you don't mm -hmm. have a staff yet. It's you and a yep. couple of volunteers. Just divide that up and just go at it. It might take two to three weeks. It doesn't matter. Just go one at a time and make sure you're praying for the people. We'll also give mm -hmm. you some good insight as to where your people are so you can learn how and what they need to hear. Perhaps it impacts your sermons and what you want to teach to the body during that season. But I think it's really, really helpful to hear and to get the heartbeat of your church. That's so good. I would say number five for us is going to be the fact that um, what we typically did before was we had a membership class every month, mm -hmm. and we kept that going every month mm -hmm. online. And what we were trying to intentionally do is say, hey, we don't want you to just consume. We want to be co-laborers together, and even while you're at home, you can join and become a partner with us at our church, or we've done baptism classes online, and we've had people from all across the country, from this area, think through how they can be involved, how they can attend our membership class, yeah. and then we can get them plugged in. There's digital ways to serve. Um, there's digital groups that they can get into, and really it gives everyone a, a chance to say, you know what, I can be a part of something bigger than myself even when I can't be there in person. No, that's really good, and it's good because... Matt just shared with you the second principle that drives a lot of the stuff we do. We're trying to make the shift from a consumer-driven culture to a contributor or somebody who's a co-laborer with us. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to make people not just want to be entertained by what mm -hmm. we do on a weekly basis, but we want to make sure we're equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And in light of that, it is our responsibility then to, to, to process how can we mobilize mm -hmm. this incredible force that God has given us and really give the ministry to them so that they can be who God's called them to be in their neighborhood. And so in light of that, a lot of people in our church have never become members or partners with us. And so we gave them that opportunity. And a lot of people from outside the area in states, surrounding states and all over the country and even internationally wanted to be a member of our church. So now we just gave them the opportunity to be a member by saying, hey, we're going to do all these digitally and we'll keep these going, by the way. <laughs> even when we reopen, we're still going to have a digital class and a physical class because what it does is it allows people um, that does not have the, the, the two hours to come to. We allow them now mm -hmm. to do it online and we can go from there. It's a beautiful thing. It really, really <laughs> we're is. We're capturing people who've been here for a while and just yeah. never had time or made it a priority to do it. And then we're also capturing people from all over. And when we're putting our, our services online and we're inviting the world to watch, mm -hmm. the question becomes is do you have a plan? If you're inviting people to watch, do you have a plan <laughs> if they want to connect? That's and it. What does membership look like? What does baptism look like? What does salvation look like for those watching virtually? And you get to assess that and figure that out. And one of the cool things is we got to meet one of our members from Georgia that we didn't even know. We had an outreach event, 
and a volunteer said, hey, I'm in town from Georgia. I joined a couple months ago. You were teaching the class, and I just wanted to say hello. And I was in town, and I saw. I just wanted to jump in and volunteer. And it was just crazy to see to us. how that worked from Dallas all the way to Georgia, making that connection. So that was number five. That's number five or six. Okay, five. Number six. Here's number six. Uh, this one uh, we kind of stumbled into, but I'm telling you, it's gold. And it is what we call – um, team building. So this is fascinating because as everybody did their own thing and everybody was working from home, our inner circle team, about 10 people, we have we never stopped meeting. We met in person and we said, okay, this is the crew. We all know each other. We're like family. Hold on. Did and you say never stopped meeting? Well, yeah, I did say I'm that. I'm just checking. I, I thought mean, so. I thought that's I mean, what you said. Actually, just clarifying. Just, not just never stopped meeting. We met more than we've ever met before because it was like a family. We came yes. together in the same area, uh -huh. and we just hung out every single day, five days a week. And we just became even closer than we ever have been before. Mm -hmm. Actually, it actually helped us because mm -hmm. it, it pruned our team, and there are some people that shouldn't have been on the team. And we, 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 we graciously parted ways, and then we brought some other people on that, we, that were just superstars in this season, and we brought them into our team. And I'm telling you, We've got a team today that um, that's never been stronger, never been never been wiser, never been better leaders. I am so so encouraged that we did that because it just created a camaraderie. We solved problems quicker. We didn't get a, as easily offended with each other as we usually get. And it was I don't know, Matt, but it was it was gold for me. Something happens with proximity, consistency, and proximity mm -hmm. um, where you. <laughs> You can't hide anymore. Um, when you're there, when you're in proximity, it changes everything. And number seven is community events and giving back in our community. Oh, come on. This, this has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, so what we've tried to do is ask the question, how do, we, how do we bless our city? Jeremiah 29, around about verse 7, says that we ought to seek the welfare of the city. And so we started having discussions about how could we bless our city? What can we do to make sure the city knows that we are not just here mm -hmm. to take from them, but we're here to be a blessing to them. So we've done a number of things. We did a, we did a big food drive. And so we, we, we advertised in our community anybody that was hurting, that wanted food. We served 2,000 people that came and got a hundred pounds of food. We yep. partnered with one of the local nonprofits and we served two. It was, it was crazy the amount of people that came. And what was fascinating to me, Pastor Matt, is you had some people with very nice cars coming that you think that didn't have any needs. Right. And all of a sudden you'd be like, whoa, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you drive this kind of car and you have this kind of need. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful to watch everybody get served on that right. day. What were your thoughts about that? It was huge to see uh, tons of volunteers coming together, ready to give back. It's Texas. It's summer. Everybody's hot. It's sweating. Mm -hmm. Cars lined up at 6 a.m. for an event that started at 10 a.m. Mm. And our whole parking lot was full. It was just amazing to see that much food um, get distributed that quickly and people um, pulling out of our parking lot with smiles <clears throat> on their faces. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. 
It was incredible, y'all. Now, if you've got a smaller church and you can't do it at that scale, just do what you can do. Maybe just choose one community and maybe just start passing flyers out and just saying, hey, you know what? We have some food. Get people in your church to give canned goods and then just begin the process of finding ways to serve your community and making that kind of a statement. I'm just telling you, it was it was incredible for us. So it's been great. One. So, all right, let's go. That was number seven. Number eight is um, this one's huge because if you're lear- if you're at a staff, if you're at a church or a nonprofit, you've been trying to figure out how do I reorganize, yep. how do I give everybody meaning. The thing that's been huge for us is giving everybody on our staff a social media platform to learn, mm-hmm. yeah. to be involved in, to be plugged into, and to be learning the ins and outs of so that everybody has a chance to reinvent themselves. Because um, all the volunteer opportunities have changed. There are no ushers, there are no greeters, there are no uh, first impressions, there are no kids people are not serving as much. And so now you've got this army of believe, of uh, believers and volunteers, and you've got to find something for them to do. So you've got to work really hard to reposition. So we had to come up with about 40 new uh, responsibilities that we would give to our people and a lot of them were linking into social media and how do do they become brand ambassadors how do they become Mm -hmm. digital evangelists online we had to start another uh, group called we call it the uh, gideon's army Mm -hmm. who is about 300 people whose job it is now to make sure that whatever we're doing the word gets out but you've got a process how do you reposition people to significant ministry roles as you rebrand, reorg, and reorganize yourself for the future. So I think that's a that's a massive deal. And so whether it's um, the YouTube channel, whether it's your Facebook channel, whether you have some other form of channels, you want to make sure you've got volunteers on each of those answering questions all yeah. day long, uh, not just on the weekends, but all week long and managing each of those. And we call them um, uh, the platform champions. And so their job is to champion that platform, own that platform, develop those volunteers, learn as much as they can, and then train their Mm -hmm. other volunteers so that we get better and better and better at it. But we have to reposition people so that they have meaningful work because they're learning habits and the habits that they're learning uh, they're unlearning the ones that they that used to be there with them. They're learning new ones, and you better make sure you're giving your volunteers meaningful work because they're going to cultivate habits, and your church and our church won't be included in those habits. And when you reopen, you're looking for volunteers to come, and they won't be there because they've cultivated new habits. And so you've got to make sure mm-hmm. you're giving them meaningful opportunities to serve in this new season. That's so good. Let's jump to number nine, and it's increasing our online engagement. Hmm. So how do we increase our online engagement? How can we be intentional? And we started real quickly with this idea of a live pre-show and post-show. Now, why did you initially want to start a pre-show? What was your initial thought behind that? I don't remember the original one, but today I thought it was because we, 15 minutes before, we, we figured that people wouldn't yeah. join at 10, yep. so you kind of wanted to get a people a running start to the service, and you, uh, uh, the spiritual answer is you wanted to prepare their hearts for worship, so that you know when you're in, when you're when you're at home, you're doing a whole bunch of things, you're distracted, so you want to get them involved, telling them church starting, giving the family time to come together. 
re, uh, calm down and get ready for the worship experience. And so that's one of the reasons we called it that. Then we had to change the name right. from pre-show to, what do we call it? Prep time. Uh, prep time, where you're preparing your heart for mm -hmm. worship. And the last one wasn't post-show. We called it app time, which is applying the word of God that you just heard. And so we've had to create ways so that people stay engaged and not just become mm -hmm people who are viewing the service, yep. but people who are fully engaged in the service and creating habits of engagement and not just spectators as they observe the services. Pastor Matt, what else do we do in the middle of the service for to maintain engagement? So in the middle of the service, we have our announcements and whether it's prep time, app time, or our announcements, or we've got one other thing we did, we've done those parts live at every service. Mm -hmm. And the reason we've done them live is because, again, when people see you reading their names, when people hear you engaging with what you're saying, and that's been the primary focus of those times is engagement and preparation. Um, even if it's communion day, hey, get your bread, get your juice, just preparing for the mm -hmm. day. And even throughout our announcement time, that's been engaging. We created a new segment called Church and Culture in the middle of our service, where we even have a moment now where we try to talk about what's going on in today's culture and how that interacts with the church and how we can be a light or a lighthouse in the middle of culture. So all of those times are meant to increase engagement and throughout the sermon, thinking of hashtags or catchy lines yep. in the sermon yep. that we are a question we can ask with our online team to keep people engaged and and every how often do we post on social media during the live feed you need to be going like every five ten seconds yep and you want to be going so that there's always action in the chat from you and then you should also have leaders from your uh, church in there as well so that they're actively engaged just like you would have leaders out in the lobby greeting people you should Absolutely. have leaders in the chat doing that <clears throat> and i think that's very important for an, uh, and really a number of reasons but it's important to get tweetable things that people can hear and engage with yeah. to get a hashtag that you can play all the way throughout right now we're doing a series and it's it's called hashtag make the shift and it, it should be done all the time we, we try to encourage our people anything they hear um, that they would normally say amen for in a mm -hmm. service they should be pressing the like or the love button uh, just to make sure they stay engaged and you would be surprised how many people because you're engaged <clears throat> they get engaged too and so the goal there is just to keep people connected because if they are not then they're going to go drift away and do something else okay pastor might talk a little bit about the difference between watching it on your phone versus watching it on the television or on an iPad and just the rate of mm. engagement based on the phones versus based on, on the screen, which is why you need to try and move people away from the right. phone when you can and to the television or a bigger device. That's so good. I almost <laughs> forgot what you were talking about. I was like, ooh, what's he talking about? No, the, the, <laughs> the rate of engagement is crazy. Something like 25 to 30% of people watching on a phone will get distracted or make it through less than half of your service. Mm -hmm. The stats show that if you can get somebody watching on a TV or a desktop computer, Massive. you have a better chance of keeping them throughout the entire time. Now, you can track all these stats and the analytics on YouTube and Facebook, and you can mm -hmm. see which kind of devices people are watching from, how long they stay on, 
all of those details, but you want to encourage people to watch right. from their TVs or from a larger fixed screen. Because when you're on your phone, you're going to go, you know, the kid's running around, you're going to get distracted, you need to put something in the dishwasher, um, a kid's screaming in the background, the dog's barking, and you just take it with you and you lose sight of everything. Sure do. So you've got to stay focused the best you can at least. So just, just invite people to make the switch with you and to go to a larger day and make it a rhythm. Part of their rhythm should be that we do church together as a family and that we watch it on the big screen. That mm -hmm. way you're, you're, you're training them yeah. to still be in the service experience, and I think that's great. All right, we're going to wrap this up with number 10. Mm -hmm. It's virtual online small groups. Oh, man. Oh. We've always believed in small groups. We've yep. always been a church where no one walks alone, but this tested us to go from small groups being important to small groups being the main thing. And we Massive. shifted. When this hit, we called on every leader of our church and said, we need you. Yep. We need to start a ton of new online groups right now yeah. because connection is the most important thing. And leaders in the church, if you've got nothing else to do, you need to be connecting with others. So Big time. Uh, I think if when you can't meet collectively, the next best thing is church at home in community groups. Mm -hmm. Or we've invited people here to have uh, outside little tailgates with their community groups mm -hmm. so that people need, we're social creatures, we need the connection, yeah. but you can social distance it and do it in a healthy way. And I think that's been one of the things that have maintained the connection to our church is making sure people stay connected in yeah. their community groups. And we've started a bunch of online groups and we've actually, we actually have now more online groups than we have regular groups because in and during this season people have so desperately needed it but i want to give you one more i want to give you a bonus bonus one. i want to give you a bonus here it is here it is bonus here it is. we have started this thing called occ tv and this is where we give we give shows out things we're doing every single day we've got two or three things we're doing on youtube or on Facebook, where mm -hmm. it's just content we're providing for people. It can be content for couples, content for uh, singles, co content for young adults, content for kids, content for business people. Uh, we've just created content so that people can stay engaged all the way mm -hmm. through the process. And so you've got to ask yourself, what do you do very, very well? Find one or two That's things good. and then create the content for that and just provide it on a weekly basis, on a every other day basis. But you've got to create and ask the question, how do we, what do we do well? How do we create content for people that we think we really have a voice and a passion about mm -hmm. and releasing it for people? That's what I call a side door to your church. On Sundays, people, some people never watch watch your church because they're going to either their own church or they don't care about church. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when you do all this other content where you're providing it for people, you're trying to support people, you're trying to love people, you're trying to help them through this difficult time, then you get a side door so that you can be a blessing to people as well. Your assignment then is to figure out what do you do best and how mm, can we be a blessing to people. That's that makes good. Sense? <clears throat> I love it. Focus it. Figure out what is your sweet spot and mm -hmm. how do I turn that into something digital that can help people. So we want to thank you again. If you go, uh, if you go to our webpage, visit onecc.com/leadershiproundtable, you'll see this list where you can follow along. And like we said in the beginning, um, figure out what works for you and implement those. And just remember also that for these ten or eleven that we share, there's probably fifty that didn't work. Absolutely. So you've got to keep trying. You you've 
got to press through and figure out what works best for you. We want to thank you for listening in today. It's been a great time connecting with you. And if this has been helpful for you, we'd, we'd, it'd be an honor for us if you'd go out there and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen in, or if you'd also share this with somebody who you think mm-hmm. it would be helpful for. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you next time.